Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And Julie, it is December the 3rd. We're going to finish up these notes that we started with really on Sunday. And I'm excited to get past these notes, to be honest with you, because I want to start talking about what one of my favorite topics is here at the halls of Harris Real Estate University, which is our real estate treasure map. It's something that is kind of a living document in the sense that well, I mean, frankly, you and I use it ourselves, but also we're constantly updating and upgrading it. Yes, it's a very personalized plan. This is nothing like what you can go Google for free business plans online, download mm-hmm. some kind of boilerplate, three-page fill-in-the-blank thing. No, this is very personal to each and every one of you. It talks about your finances, which sometimes makes them squirm a little bit. Well, to stop there, mm-hmm. and that's really what makes it different, what yeah. you just said. I mean, everyone has goal-setting things that they do this time of year, and then you'll have people that are talking about lead generation stuff and like that. But really, what if you get – and remember, Julie and I's position of, of, with everything that we uh, present to you guys isn't from um, – trainers. It's from being a coach. And I know a lot of people don't know the difference, but the difference between a trainer is they just blah, blah, blah. And then there's not a real drill down. In other words, they're not going to tell you what to do or how to think through uh, what they just said. It's just surface information. And surface information is incredibly easy to deliver because there is real no deep thinking that's involved in presenting information. That's the reason that most speakers sound the same because they're literally saying the same thing that other people have said. Um, and there is no thoughts beyond just the initial statements. It's supposedly left to you to sort of uh, decode. But the reality of it is, is most of what they're being, uh, what you're hearing and believing, um, is woo-woo. In other words, it's just sort of fake pseudoscience, make you feel good type stuff. And and look, there's a place for that. Frankly, I don't know where it is. The garbage can probably. But for the most part, our stance on this is look. You only live once and you're dead a real long time and let's not waste a lot of time getting ready to get started. So what's the best practical, tactical, quickest way for you to get to your results, right? Isn't that what all of you want? It's what Julie and I want. Um, and so the hard part is knowing that some of these people that are mostly self-proclaimed experts and gurus and whatnot, the hard part is acknowledging the fact that, you know what, maybe they aren't what they uh, what you think they are. Maybe they're not what they're wanting you to believe that they are. Maybe all they are is essentially is like, you know, like I said, just a trainer. So when you hear Julie and I go through this information, the reason that we drill down more than maybe a lot of you are used to is because we want you to actually listen to our show, attend our coaching, uh, you know, our coaching programs, read our books, read just everything we provide. But we want you to walk away with more than just a good feeling. We want you to walk away with actual practical, tactical knowledge that you can then apply to helping other people and make money. So if all we do is make you feel good, you might as well just save the time and go get a cup of coffee, frankly, because that's the, sort of the same emotional result. So when we created the real estate treasure map and when we continue to recreate the real estate treasure map, we did it with the, um, in the mindset of being coaches. Again, so it's not just a, it is a fill in the blank business and life plan, but what it's going to force you to do is to what Julie just said. It's going to force you to be uncomfortable. And the first place we're going to take 
take you when you're completing the treasure map, frankly, is talking about finances. Because finances are the thing that most people hide from all their lives. And they do it sometimes in the in the sense that they literally hide from it. Or what they'll do is they'll just basically hire other people and have those other people manage their you know financial welfare for them, which is another form of hiding from it. Um, so what we want you to do when you do the treasure map is we really need you to take it seriously and go through all your finances. Because once we have the actual numbers, then we know exactly how to set the goals around the numbers. And if you don't do that hard work first, then you're never going to actually have any meaningful goals. If you're one of these people that you know sets goals every year and you feel really good about it, and then it kind of goes in your office desk drawer and then you never look at it again, well, that's called normal. But if you had a, you know, a goal ultimately is a dream with an action plan, right? And so the dream is you know you want to lose 20 pounds or you want to save you know $100,000 or you want to whatever, right? But there's no action plan. What's an action plan? That's where the rubber meets the road. An action plan is something that's drilled down beyond just a date when the goal will be accomplished by. It's going to be what you're going to be doing every single month, week, day towards the accomplishment of that goal. And also in the real estate treasure map, which by the way, this is free for you. We're going to tell you how to get it in a second. You're also going to be given then an exact formula for breaking down specific goals into bite-sized pieces so you can mentally, emotionally handle them. Because the reality of it is that some of you guys have some really, really big goals, but you don't know how to actually get there. Well, this system that we created, the Real Estate Treasure Map, really is your business plan, frankly, your life plan uh, GPS. And if you want to, and of course you do, download your free copy of the Real Estate Treasure Map. And we're going to start talking uh, tomorrow um, about exactly how to fill it out, how to think through it. We're going to go by it, go through it page by page. Ready for that? Yeah. Mike. <laughs> yes. All right. So if you want to get your real estate treasure map, please text 2021 to 855-685-1045. All you've got to do is text the numbers 2021 to 855-685-1045. Again, just text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Now, when you do, we're going to text you back a link. You're going to click on that link and it's going to take you to a secret website where you can download all these books. I said all these books because it's not just the real estate treasure map. It's also a book that Julie and I are actually are listening to right now that many of you should know about. If not, definitely consume this content immediately uh, by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. But this is Think and Grow Rich for real estate. So we took the public domain version of the book and we added real estate content so that you guys, and we're giving it to you, so you can just download that as well and read that. And again, the Think and Grow Rich and the Real Estate Treasure Map go hand in hand perfectly. And then there's the 12-month lead generation plan. Then there's uh, information on several other books in there. And they're all free. These are books Julie and I have written over the years, but they're perfect for this time of year. So go ahead and text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Yes. And you know, we should mention Think and Grow Rich for Realtors more often because it is one of my favorite things that we've done. And that's because you and I, and probably most of our listeners, if you guys have never read it before, you know, this is a great place to start when you're in real estate. When we read it, you know, it was written a long time ago. It's not a super easy read, but it is kind of the quintessential business book. So what we did is we translated, we took each and every chapter and we said, okay, what is Napoleon Hill trying to actually get across? And how could you actually implement the points in the chapter from a real estate person's perspective? So I I feel like we really translated that and made it more actionable instead of, oh, that was an interesting book. 
and then right. you read we, it 10 years later and try and figure it out, you know? Yep. The idea that you can, again, Napoleon Hill was doing it too as a more of a presenter, not as a coach in this book. Uh, but again, this is a great book. And it's funny, you know, as you and I are, we talk about this like everyone knows what the heck we're talking I about, know. you know. But I bet you 80%, 90% have never even heard of the book, oh, let alone not. listen to it or read it. Yeah. So Think and Grow Rich is something I think I originally read when I was in like eighth grade or ninth grade. <laughs> and I've tried to read it every year ever since. Um, it is the quintessential, if you want to call it mindset and motivation book. And, and when you read through it, if you've not read it before, but you've been a fan of the mindset you know, genre, you're going to see that pretty much every modern mindset guru has essentially liberated, aka stolen, from mm. Napoleon Hill, a lot of their original content. A lot of the mindset movement stuff, and I'm not going to get on this historical um, soapbox, though it is interesting, at least for me, <laughs> a lot of this mindset stuff started uh, really back during uh, when seances were happening in like London. And you can sort of trace the um, history of all this stuff. But it really started to take off with Think and Grow Rich. But there were other people that were also writing similar stuff at the time, like Wallace Waddles and other people. But really, the cool part is Think and Grow Rich. The story goes that um, Napoleon Hill was recruited by Andrew Carnegie. And Andrew Carnegie Steele, I believe, uh, I think it was Steele. He made so these guys were all um, by these guys. Just stay tuned. So essentially, Andrew Carnegie commissioned uh, Napoleon Hill, who was just a, a writer in essence, to go out and write a book on what it is that's um, you know allowing some of these people during the Industrial Revolution to create such massive wealth. And Andrew Carnegie had a theory of life in general that he didn't really tell Napoleon Hill about when he started his journey. So what Andrew was in essence doing is having Napoleon, I think, probably, uh, I think, think some substantiate and fill in the gaps for his own life philosophy. Well, the life philosophy that Andrew Carnegie had was the same one that you see uh, being talked about uh, by the, what are they called? Not the monastics. Who are those uh, ancient Greek philosophers like Plato and all that? Ancient Greek philosophers we'll stick okay with we'll go with that yeah. yeah but a lot of the same philosophies that you see that um you know essentially are the core elements of success um they've been written about all the way back to the old testament and so that's what's really fascinating is a lot of this stuff is recurring but if you've never been exposed to it um and i think it'll give you a lot of clarity and a, and a good sense of direction along with the real estate treasure map uh, but really the uh, he then and um so i'm sorry uh Napoleon Hill then went on this sort of life quest uh, after being commissioned by Andrew Carnegie to then start uh, interviewing people who in his you know day and age during mostly the Industrial Revolution to become equivalent to billionaires. And it is really fascinating, all the commonalities of the elements that you see, um, and really all that should be familiar to if you're a longtime listener to our podcast, because what it really is and what it always comes down to is the practical, tactical stuff that we teach you guys. It's not a lot of getting ready to get started and thinking about. It's you know a little bit of time on the mindset stuff, but a lot of time on the action and the realization that the mindset improves while you're in action. The idea that you can somehow have this magical, mystical, powerful mindset with no action. And the action isn't thinking about your mindset. The action is actually moving towards your goal. I know that's a really, if you get what I just said, it's going to be life-changing for you because it might be the very thing that you needed to hear uh, that answers your question, why aren't you further up your own personal success mountain by now at, at this point in your life? It might just very well be because you spend way too much time in the getting ready to get started phase of life. Well, you said something really critical there. Just one thing? Well, (laughs) one thing that wraps all that thought up, I think, which (laughs) is the thinking about it, the getting ready to get started, the ruminating, the studying, the working on is not action. It's actually 
almost inaction when compared to doing the actual work. But and I think it's easy for people to get confused. It is easy. Look at the secret from just a few years oh, ago. Yeah, I, that was all about. There was no action in you, no, the. You know, not really. It, it was all about. It thinking. seemed like it was action, though. It seemed like if you thought about it hard enough, wrote it down long enough, journaled about it long enough, you know, those are doing something, but they're not doing something related actually but to. But the point the I was goal. making is: look yeah. what a huge success the secret yeah. was, and look at all the other spinoff type things that came sure. after the secret. And the secret was in our, you know, happened really effectively, what, not even that long ago, no. early 2000s, mm-hmm. right? And again, if you guys know what the secret is, well, you're just fine not knowing what the secret is. Don't Google it. Because it was essentially just a big mindset takeover. And I saw this happen because Julie and I were coaching clients. We saw this happen. Um, and here was the gist of it, is the universe will bring you everything what you want. Somehow you're a, you a magnet. Yeah, you can manifest it and you're somehow a magnet through your thoughts and all this other stuff. It was complete and total malarkey. There's no real science behind it. And it's really fascinating to me how they tried to justify what they were saying by somehow acting like they had some sort of advanced understanding of uh, physics, you know, and the that law was, of attraction. Is what the law of attraction was somehow yeah. supposed to be some actual molecular. No, it was even what's the tiniest particle. So we need more coffee, truly. But but whatever, essentially, the, the belief but was... But it's not a real law. Is no, point. it wasn't a real law. And it was complete woo-woo nonsense is really at the end of it. Sounded good, though. But Everybody wanted to believe in it. Right, of course. Hell, I wanted to believe it. Hell, I could yeah. sit around on the beach and basically just try to manifest something. That would be awesome, you know? Totally. I'm sitting on the beach looking at the ocean, and I want to manifest a yacht. Not there yet. Still manifesting. Because you got to try harder. And then that's right. Oh, I'm not trying hard enough. Oh, hold on. Now my positive thoughts are mixing with my negative thoughts. And if I didn't have any negative thoughts, then somehow magically my positive thoughts would attract to me everything I want. And it, the whole world and universe is essentially, you know, this is just a big mm-hmm. narcissistic mess, as you guys can see it. The whole world and universe is circling around all my wants and desires. And that's just how the world actually works. And people believed it. And here's what we saw from the coaching side. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason that this stuff can be, I don't want to use the word evil, but you guys can fill in the blank with whatever word you want to. But the reason the mindset stuff can go too far is because people will use it as an excuse to stop taking actions. In other words, I had, I'll give you a very, very real example. I, uh, I remember their names, but I'm not going to say. But they were selling big parcels of land in Nevada and California. Very, very successful. Sort of like uh, ranch land types. Um and he and his wife worked together perfectly. And all of a sudden, he was way down the rabbit hole with all this mindset stuff. He got started with the secret. And it was everything he wanted to do. Well, his hobby was photography. Um, and he was he I saw some of his artwork, and it was gorgeous. Uh, so he decided that he was going to stop doing the real work of real estate. In other words, he was going to effectively abandon him and his wife's life work, their business. And he was just going to spend all this time taking pictures and trying to manifest what he wanted to replace the actual work that he probably was a little bit burned out of having done for his whole life, which, you know, makes sense, but that's a different conversation. Um, and so he effectively quit his business, quit uh, doing the work that was necessary to generate the leads. And I don't, I mean, that was the end of our coaching relationship because what the hell do you need a coach for uh, to help you manifest things? And that's not what we do, right? And last I checked in with him, which was probably two or three years later, he was still on this sort of sojourn and she was the only one that was breadwinning. So he basically went from being someone who was contributing to the family now to just basically being a freeloader, taking pictures all day, trying to manifest what he wanted in his life while she was then uh, carrying the burden. And I, the conversation I do remember having with her is that she just was crested 
crestfallen that she was somehow in this position. And if I remember correctly at the time, she was in her mid-50s. So you guys are saying, well, Tim, that's just one example. But it's not. Oh, I can there's give, so many examples. There's so many examples. The, there, there was whole swaths of, uh, you know, the civil, U.S. civilization in particular, at least the ones that we came in contact with, you know, tens of thousands of real estate professionals who had their mindset just completely screwed up because they thought there was some real mystical way that they could be accomplishing things without real work. And of course, people, remember, guys, we told you how insidious the easy button is? Well, that was the mindset easy button. The, not, the modern version of the, you know, the, let me explain. So easy button. I don't have to do the work anymore. I can just somehow mystically attract it to me, right? That's the secret. Now, the modern version of it is, as in the last maybe 14 years, is I don't actually have to do the real work. I can just buy it. Do you see how these gimmicks just come and go in different flavors? But oftentimes, they're being sold and resold by the same people, you know, the people whose essentially their uh, business method is selling to people uh, pixie dust. <laughs> they, they know you want an easy button. Right. I mean, that's the easiest sale ever, right? Yeah, exactly. Give them what they want. Give them what they want. So, Tell them they don't have to work. Here's the thing. If all of that worked, wouldn't everybody have a yacht? And no, no, no. The, no, because no. you haven't read enough books. Exactly. Because you need to hire me as your guru, your yeah. spiritual guide. Because you're only doing it. You're only writing down and manifesting two hours a day. Try two and a half hours a day. All your dream boards. You've yeah, got to work on your dream boards. Oh, no, no, Julie. Your dream board's not big enough. You're not actually spending. You're not thinking big enough. You're not manifesting yeah, more. I know. You, it's oh, such hold on. a rabbit hole. Hold on. You had negative thoughts, didn't you? Mm-hmm. You have negative thoughts about the fact that your dream board wasn't big enough. Yeah, I know, right? It's like this never-ending rabbit hole. And they sell you more crap. And then, oh, we're going to be doing a seminar. We're going to be selling, you know, buy some more books, buy some more, you know, downloads, attend a more an online event. Yeah. Attend, we're going to be doing, okay, this is the insanity that I basically. I remember coaching clients saying like, you know, what did they do with their time last week? Well, I read this and I tried to manifest right. that and I meditated and all this. And, you know, that's okay all on their own. That can be support to actual work, right? But some in this era, while this was going on, it was like, well, who did you talk to about real estate? Nobody. Not a single freaking call. And you Mm -mm. wonder why, which is actually kind of a reverse manifestation. You're actually working against yourself because you're believing so hard that, you know, the non-activity would get you there. It's so twisted when I look back at it. And it had such amazing hype. I mean, the biggest thing out of that was, you know, the writing was good and the marketing was good. Oh, yeah. But the results and the content were just snake oil. The online marketing for The Secret was phenomenal. The guy who did most of it, this guy named Dan Hollings, uh, you know, obviously a genius in his time. But really, Julie, I'm telling you, the mindset stuff is something that comes and goes with levels of intensity. Sure. It always, the the whole mindset section at Barnes & Noble, you know, that the books really start selling this time of year yeah. into the following year. Mm-hmm. And, and so people are trying to basically get their acts together for the following year. And then they start fall into these bear traps of the mindset stuff. Now, I'm not saying the mindset stuff is just summarily bad. When I'm, it's not. It absolutely is not. But what it is is essentially it's a uh, it's an ingredient in your stew. It's certainly not the stew itself. It's not the replacement too. It's the enhancement of. Yeah, there's a big difference. You can't just say this is what I'm doing, period, and have it work. You can say I'm going to spend a little bit of time on that. Self improvement is good. I'm going to work on myself. But meanwhile, you know, you have to do the real work which supports I mean, your goals. The first and the chapter in our book, Harris Rules, yeah. is mindset, basically. Yeah. But the approach that mostly you took when writing the mind, the book mm-hmm. was very practical and tactical sure. because that's what applies. That's it's it, there's it's not bullshit. No, and that when we do podcasts like this this series that we've been working on that we're rounding the bend, these are mindset checks, okay? And we're doing this first, not only, we're doing this first. 
so that we are putting your head in the right place to do the actual treasure map because that's the real work. Coming to terms with your finances, what's it actually cost you to live? What, you know, when you do your goals in five areas of life, some of them are gonna cost something. What's the difference between how you're living now and how you wanna be living? What are those numbers divided by your average net sale? You know, average net commission gives you your unit number. That's the nitty gritty. But what we've found is um, a lot of times you guys aren't ready for that until we do some of these thoughts. But you know what the, the mindset gurus would do is they just write a whole book about just that yep. and be done with it with yep. no action plan, no action steps, no what you're supposed to do with it, which is why we did that to Napoleon Hill's book is it's not enough to just have the thoughts. You've got to take the action as a result. Well, also, it's the reason we did the real estate treasure map. Yeah, absolutely. Because for generations, right, certainly when we were coming up, when you'd look at a goal setting book, it was always the five areas of life that's been mm-hmm. around forever, mm-hmm. right? Okay, that makes sense. And then you'd write your goals down. Okay, that makes sense. And then if you do a little bit more studying on it, then it was a goal as a dream with an action plan, you know, and an end date. All right, so that kind of makes sense. So you have, I want to lose 20 pounds by this particular date. Okay, I can put my thoughts behind that. You know, that makes sense. Like That's practical and tactile. But the action plan is where it failed. Mm-hmm. Because people who uh, people don't know how to make action plans, like you're going to say, for example, and I'll, we stick with the weight one because it's something that most people can relate to. So you maybe you want to gain 20 pounds, who knows? But like, what's the action plan for that? Well, I'm going to this and I'm going to, okay, no, that's not an action plan. The action plan would be, like, I'll give you an example. When Julie and I moved to uh, Texas, and this was, how many years ago did we, eight, nine, when we moved right. Austin? Calculating from 14, Zoe's age, eight. 2000, no, it's late eight 2013. Yeah. Right. I know. I was, I was basing That's on right. Zoe's age. Yeah. yeah. Late <laughs> 2013. And I remember that there was this orange theory that was opening up. And we didn't know what the hell orange theory was. I really it, thought it was orange juice for the longest time. Seriously. We didn't know what it was. We had no idea. And so we're, and, but we saw that they were really aggressively trying to get people to stop. So we and I think there was actually an article in the local paper that we read. It was like they a sent gym. Me a postcard too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was a postcard. Yeah. And so we went in. We checked out Orange Theory. And then uh, I remember the first uh, we walked in there, and they had three people who we became friends with over time who were standing at this table outside in the Texas sun. And these, this is what Orange Theory is. This is what it's like. I'm, I'm like, you know what? No, this is. Not, I don't want this long form explanation. Julie and I are going to sign up right now for the full membership, and and then that was that. And they're like, oh, okay. And then we just went into the store and we signed up. And I remember walking out thinking, and Julie was like, Tim, what did we just sign up for? And I said, I have no idea. But here's what I do know. We're going to be going to that place every single day. And it's going to be a lot better than what we've been doing. So we'll look at the action plan that was involved in there. Walking in, signing a contract, committing finances, committing to a specific time every single day. Essentially hiring coaches too. That's what we did. Yeah. Yeah, and committing to, you know, people that, you know, hopefully were more knowledgeable than we were about all that stuff. And so that was the action plan. The action plan was we chose, you know, essentially where we're going to be doing, what we're going to be doing. We set a financial commitment in place. So now that makes sense. That's simple to wrap your mind around. Now, what if the action plan that you're trying to implement is something that's a little bit more, you know, granular and it's a little bit more under, uh, more skills-based, for example. Like, say, for example, picking up the phone and learning to make proactive lead generation calls. Well, how do you go about doing that? It's the same basic formula. It, you know, you have to put a specific action plan in place. And there's there's elements to going back to it. So there's not just a one-size-fits-all answer, for example. If you, when you fill a, complete your real estate treasure map, you're going to come up with um, numbers at the end. The, your, the output is numbers. And, the real, and there's one thing in the treasure map 
which frankly, I, Julie and I are quite prideful of having created because it really did cut through a lot of bullshit, which is called your real estate magic number. And the real estate magic number is simply the number of listings you need at all times to meet or exceed all your financial, personal, you know, financial goals, everything. It's the number of listings that you need because really at the essence of a successful real estate business, a truly, you know, evergreen year after year successful real estate business is it's listings based and it basically is based on a number of listings you have at all times. Now you need to finish the treasure map so you have your own personal um, so you can kind of understand more thoroughly what I'm talking about. Again, to get your real estate treasure map, just text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Again, text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And we're going to start helping you fill it out tomorrow. So I really hope all of you guys are taking that seriously and texting that right now. And then we're going to text you back a link. Print off the real estate treasure map because we're going to help you go through the math on all of it. But once you, so you're asking, you're saying you're feeling a little overwhelmed. You need a sense of clarity. You need a sense of direction. I'm giving it to you right now. Are you listening? So if you are living in a market, for example, that had uh, an average sale price of, say, $500,000, I'm just throwing out spitballs here, and your average commission was $15,000, and your average personal overhead for you to meet and, you know, pay your taxes, your personal bills, pay off some debt, save some money, have money squirreled away to, you know, have a lot of fun, spoil your family, spoil yourself, whatever. Let's say the number is $20,000. Let's say it's $25,000 a month. Holy crap, Tim, $300,000 a year? Yep, I would say that's not so uncommon in most of the parts of the country right now, if you have a family of four or five, that people have to spend that much money because 30 to 50% of it's going to taxes. So that's the thing, you know, property taxes, income taxes, again, separate conversation. But when you're going through your numbers, you're not necessarily taking into consideration all the nitty gritty. How many of you right now are feeling uncomfortable because I'm talking about math? Right, feel the collective squirm. Didn't you? Yeah. I mean, this used this used to make us uncomfortable. Absolutely, and it was depressing. Honestly, this is what should be taught in in life, in life, in high school. We're going to teach Zoe this school. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I've had so many conversations with agents where they're like, I have no idea how to make a budget. How do I do a profit and loss? But who teaches that to people? Us. Do you know, truthfully, here's what I really think. I think financial management is not taught because A, people don't know how to teach it, but B, culturally, we're not supposed to think about money because on the other side of realizing, uh, you know, understanding money and understanding your own personal economy, on the other side of that is basically then you start being very, very like, okay, what the hell is this big, you know, where's 50% of my money going? 50% of your money is going to taxes. So when you start seeing where your money's actually going and then you start, then you want to hold that money accountable for results. Then you start being a little bit more critical of who you frankly vote for and the decisions you make in your own life. Like maybe living in that you know neighborhood where the property taxes are so much um, is not worth it because maybe the schools are great, but maybe they're not as great as you think they are. And maybe you could just live one town over and then all of a sudden automatically be able to save an additional twelve to $15,000 a year. Those types of things come on the other side of actually making your money work for you. Um, but you have to get there first. So back to the example of the magic number. If you had a personal overhead of $25,000 a month, right? All in. And that for some of you is extraordinary. Some of you is light, right? But if you had five listings at all times, and let's say you're just in a normal neutral market and your average commission is $15,000 a month, 
and five listings at all times would result on average of let's just say two and a half of those selling per month, you're making a little over $40,000 a month. You're going to be in a position where you're going to be able to save. Why? Because if you had five listings at all times, in other words, your whole business plan is predicated on having five active listings, or maybe it's 10. When Julie and I were selling real estate in Columbus, Ohio, our magic number until we went up market was probably more like 30 to 40 active listings. Because the market when we sold real estate was not a hot seller's market. It was a buyer's market. Yeah. All 30 of them were not going to sell all at once. No. And that's, you know, I think the market's going to be hot for a long time. So you probably don't need that many listings honestly. Um, So you don't need to panic about how you're going to service that many sellers. It is a lot of work, but the reality of it is, is we knew we had to be listings based to have any sort of, you know, shot at having, um, you know, building wealth because you can essentially, once you are listings based, you can actually pretty much count on consistent income as long as you're consistently generating those listing leads to replace the ones that sell. Um, And that's what our business became. We did make some, you know, take some uh, misdirected paths down the team path and towns uh, down the buyer agent path. But we always circled back to the fact that our net was crappy unless we were focused on listings. Anyway, I don't want to get too far off the track here. Read our book, Harris Rules. We talk about all the stuff that we learn, not just from our own business, but also from coaching. The moral of the story here is the real estate treasure map is going to get you to discovering what your real estate magic number is. And then once you know what that number is, I promise you, you're then going to feel a massive sense of relief because there won't, you won't be so seduced by all the easy button gimmicks out there, but you're also going to be able to have a set of filters that will make sense for you and filters how you decide uh, who you frankly listen to, how you spend your money, how you spend your time in your business. And if it's not all leading back directly back to taking a listing to keep consistent with your magic number, then you're probably not going to want to do it. That's called business discipline. Absolutely. So those of you who are now having the aha moment of I must become a listing agent, then, you know, you've got to take some steps. And one of the best steps you can take right now, of course, is the Harris Rules book so that you can really understand what we're talking about, because there's a lot of drill down to this. And I I always think, you know, when we talk about the magic number and being a listing agent, I always have just these kind of flashbacks to our probably our first, say, 10 or 15 really good listings, which were just cute little first time buyer houses. But the amount of transactions we did off of those, because we knew how eventually figured out how to do open houses and how to follow up on leads. And I mean, I bet you each one of those just generated, I don't even know how many, probably our first 30 or 40 deals. Probably because we'd work work the snot out of them. I mean, but but that's really the business, this business, real estate, especially when you're focused on sellers, is never going to be anything that's frankly going to require um, a a high IQ, honestly. No, I mean, you you need to know what to say. You need to know what to say. You need to know how to present sell to sell to sellers. You need to, you know, have sales skills, but you certainly don't need a high, you know, triple digit, you know, 200, you know, it, it's not necessary to be smart, frankly. You just have to be diligent. You can have an average IQ and be incredibly successful. You can have a below average education and be incredibly successful. It's just the diligence. It's the things we teach you in Harris Rules. Um, and guys, every one of you can exceed your own expectations if you start benchmarking yourself against the version of yourself that you were yesterday, not the person that is probably lying about what they are or aren't doing. You know, again, this is a soapbox call what or podcast <laughs> wasn't meant to be. But the importance of keeping your mind clear and fo- focus and being myopic this time of year is incredibly important because as your business naturally slows down around the holidays – 
some of those you know creepy thoughts that basically are uh, shoved underneath the uh, the sofa you know during your normal working life when you're busier some of those creepy thoughts come out to um, visit with you your insecurities your you know all those types of things at this time of year people start saying you know they have good thoughts and they have bad thoughts the cases depression over the holidays goes through the roof I mean, suicide goes through the roof. And why? It's because people are left alone too often with their thoughts, thoughts that they normally don't have to deal with because they're too busy with life. And then you add holiday stress and right. weather stress and all this exactly. other stuff. So the only answer to that is to get into action and to drill down and create a real honest-to-God plan for yourself. Yeah. And I know a lot of you guys listening have done the treasure map before and you've They haven't success. really done it. Not all of them. But, but they've maybe they've dabbled They've started it. it. Okay? Right. So you do I hear that be, a lot. Yeah. You have to be pretty serious about it. And you may have some little moments of trepidation when you realize what you're actually spending per month, stuff like that. <laughs> yep. Or maybe what your spouse is spending per month. They probably, most of them you don't know. know. When they I, don't know. They right. guesstimate. And when we have them actually do it, because we talk about this in the treasure map, when you're the first part of your financial maturity is to actually know what you're spending per month, right? And it's not just a guesstimate. You're going to actually get into your credit cards and actually get into your checkbook and all of your automatic drafts. You're going to look at all of that. But there's also and a little. It out. There's also little yeah. civil wars that can basically erupt inside sure. a family, you know, um, because you don't necessarily. Money is such a strange, bizarre thing, right? And if all of a sudden you're trying to create for the first time ever a real financial plan, since we're talking about money primarily today. Um, and your spouse is not on the same page as you, he or she might actually be massively fearful that they're going to lose this sort of sense of control and identity that they have. And you know what? There is a lot of drama that goes, and it's lack of financial maturity. That's what causes people to act so irrational when it comes to money. You're not going to you know, take, this is my account, this is my money, and it's the destruction of so much potential. It's the destruction of marriages, it's the destruction of everything, because so much emotion is, I think, frankly, incorrectly wrapped up with money. Money is not anything other than just an instrument. Um, it's a, essentially a, a thing you get for providing a good or a service for somebody else. It does not care about your feelings or your thoughts, and yet look how many things are so emotionally tied. Um, money is one of the only things this is a, such a funny thought but it's true money is probably what else i mean you can talk about literally anything in the public arena nowadays from the most perverse bizarre anything to just just all sorts of you know Weirdness. really things that when we are growing up you never would have talked about in polite company and now people talk about it all the time publicly Everything has changed about social norms and standards except money. Money is like the last bugaboo that people yeah. don't want to talk about because I think people are trained from uh, in just being born mm -hmm. to not think about money because when you think about money, the only the thing that comes on the other side of that, like I said before, is the realization that of all the different places you're spending your money, and then the the uh, fear that the powers that be would doesn't. I'm not suggesting some sort of deep state or you know, dark hand or anything like that. It's everybody. When you start wondering and asking why your gasoline is so much more in one state than another state, like let's say you've lived in Ohio for all your life and let's then say you're used to paying, you know, $3 a gallon for gas or whatever. And then you go to Texas and gas is $2 a gallon and you go, well, why the heck is it 30% cheaper? Well, the reason it's 30% cheaper is because maybe Ohio is charging a bunch of taxes and you just have been, you know, paying those taxes without realizing that, 
you know, maybe those are things that you don't necessarily need to be paying for. Maybe that's something that needs to be looked upon or looked at. And there's so many more insidious expenses like that. Just all the different things that creep into your life. It, and, it, and honestly, from the like the old way of doing this, like 20 years ago when we had to present this same information, it would have been all about where you're money, spending too much money on $4 cups of coffee. But I really don't think that's the biggest sucker of money anymore. It really are. It's, it's become taxes, property taxes, and all these other sorts of taxes that are you know, voluntary taxes, quote unquote, like sales taxes that aren't really voluntary, right? You know, those are the types of things that when you start waking up to realizing how much your life energy is going to earn money that you're just essentially giving away, um, then you start becoming a little bit more of an aware, conscious uh, organism, and then you start making different decisions. And one of the things we talk about in our book, and we talk about this on the podcast, and this is, a, I think, the ultimate, I think is a great way to end today's show, frankly, mm-hmm. is if you didn't have to worry about money anymore. In other words, if you are passively wealthy, if your money was coming in from, uh, you know, essentially sources that weren't as a direct result of the sweat of your brow, you were rich in essence, where your money was working for you, you no longer worked for your money. Would you vote the same? Would you dress the same? Would you live in the same place? Would you think the same thoughts? Would you have the same friends? In other words, if you no longer had money as a thing in your life that you ever had to think about, how much would your life change? Not just the worrying about the money and going out and you know splurging. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the root level software that now is governing your life. If you were to remove money as a thing, I mean, how many things in your life within two or three years would change? Everything would change because you'd no longer be dependent. You would have control again. Yes. When you're dependent, when you're dependent, I have to live here. Like, look at the people fleeing Manhattan, right? I have to move to New York. Okay, I want to work in the financial industry. I have to have this expensive college education to work in the financial industry. I have to move to Manhattan. I have to be spending a ridiculous amount of money to live in Manhattan. I have to do all these other things. And all of a sudden, COVID hits, and now people are allowed to be remote workers. You know what those Manhattanites did? Got the hell out of Manhattan. California, too. Yeah, and California as well. So the remote work and essentially the realization that maybe people have been stuck in these sort of mental, emotional, social quagmires for generations. And now COVID, the, one of the blessings that's coming from it is people are realizing they don't need to necessarily have this life that they were born into. They can have a different kind of life that maybe has a higher quality of, uh, you know, what it means to them to, you know, be, uh, uh, be alive, be a human, you know. All these types of thoughts only come from independence of money. And I know I use COVID as an example, and that's not independence of money, but I'm trying to make the example. Look how fast people want to change their lifestyles when given an opportunity to. Look at the towns and the communities across the country, real estate-wise, that are taking off. You guys, look, we are in a massive, amazing, incredibly good and incredibly bad period of change for all of humanity. Do attach yourself to the person that you've always wanted to be and realize what you've been doing in the past might not be, well, definitely is not, what you need to be doing going forward to actually have the fulfillment of that expectation for yourself. Anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, get into action. Don't sit on this information. Yeah. You know, get get your Harris Rules book. Get reading it. Get doing the homework. There's homework virtually all the way action, through the Action, action, action. Hear what Mrs. Yeah. Harris is saying? And your first action has to be getting your treasure map. Get this now. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And um, I'm three minutes late for a Zoom. So you guys have a fantastic day. <laughs> yeah. um, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. We are going to do the podcast throughout the week, even though we are traveling Hey, by the way, in case I haven't wished any of you guys a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hopefully we're the first ones to say Merry Christmas to you. Have a great day. 
This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.